than tonight. Touch us as we go into your word. Let us hear what you are saying. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, Mark, I agree. It's a good name uh, for a lobby, the parking lot. That's a pretty good name. All right. Um, we're going to get in uh, to the word tonight. I'm going to tag on a little bit in our lesson tonight to two things. I'm going to tag on to last Wednesday as we talked about uh, Peter and John and Acts chapter 3 and the lame men at the gate. And I'm going to tag on uh, also uh, to um, Sunday, Sunday morning as Pentecost Sunday. We're going to pull from each of those a little bit and begin to move forward. And then this coming Sunday, by the way, the spirit of Pentecost is alive and well at River Life Church. And I'm going to be sharing with you. Last week we talked about bold gatherings and, and we talked about coming together, and we looked at a picture, and then we talked about what that's going to mean. This week, we're going to talk about bold living and bold going. And so I want you to come ready for this Sunday, because God, I believe, is going to show up and show out. And then uh, tonight, I want to talk to you. Here's the, here is the topic, okay, if you want the title, if you need a title. I want to talk to you tonight about this concept. Pentecost pushes progress. I want you to think with me for that. Pentecost pushes progress. Okay, the, the reality of Pentecost, of Pentecost, everything that went on on that day of Pentecost movement, I'm talking about that day of Pentecost in uh, the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, when that day of Pentecost, that birthday of the church, if you want to call it that, uh, when that took place, I want to talk to you about the fact that it was all about pushing people to progress. And, and I've got to say this to you. Is I'm, I'm, I'm excited to share this with you because I believe the Lord has just dropped this word into my heart. You'll have to evaluate what it says to you. But I think our world, I think our culture, and I'm going to talk to you about that in just a moment. I think our culture, our country, I think everything that's going on right now in our country, and I'm not talking now about the pandemic, I'm talking now about the unrest and the hurt and the divisiveness and, and those that voices are beginning to rise and understandings are being, beginning to open up as, as the, the push towards complete uh, Equality and complete opportunity is now on full board. I, I believe this is a moment. I believe it is an important moment. But I believe this is a moment for progress. Now, it may not look like it right now in the natural. And it may seem like this is a moment of destruction and devastation and chaos. And it very much is. But I hope you realize that what we see in the flesh is not always lined up with what is happening in the spirit realm. But I want you to understand, I think in the midst of chaos and struggle and difficulty, I believe in the spirit, this is a moment of progress. That something is going to begin to move forward. I don't have all the answers but I believe God is going to use this moment and, and something is going to progress forward. And let me tell you, as a part of the Spirit-filled church, 
as a part of the Pentecostal church, as a part of River Life Church, who believes in, in the church of God, who believes in the outpouring of the Spirit and the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit and, and, and the flow of God's power in our world, I believe we need to be voices for progress. Voices of moving forward. I think the Holy Spirit is pushing us forward right now. Whether you want to or not, you are being thrown into a decision. And, and I'm being thrown into a decision. All of us. Doesn't matter. We, we are being brought to decision points. And the decision for the church is this. And the decision, let's, let's break it down and let's just keep it very personal. The decision for you and I, the decisions for our families, the decisions for River Life Church and those connected to us, we are being brought to moments of decision. And will we push for progress or will we stay in divisiveness and allow chaos to rule and reign? That's the question that, that I've come to talk to you about. And I believe God wants to say something to us about this. And, and so we've seen, and I, I, have, I have done a lot of praying and soul searching and, and just seeking my heart for what God would want me to do in this moment. How God wants me to lead as your pastor in this moment. How my voice can make any difference whatsoever in a culture that seems so divided and so distraught. But I have come to the conclusion that if we just sit back and say, well, I just don't know if my voice can matter, then we miss our moment. And I want to tell you, I am unwilling to miss this moment. I've been talking to some people about the same thing, and they feel the same way. We are unwilling. I watched a conversation on Facebook that had been shared with me, a conversation with some pastors in the Church of God, some of our black brothers in, in the Church of God from around the, the, the southeast, and, and they were in a conversation. It was the most powerful. Shared it on my Facebook, my personal Facebook page. I want to challenge you. If you're friends of mine, you need to watch this. It's a lengthy conversation, but you need to watch that because it is so vital and so important right now that we hear the voices that are that are speaking. And so we can find ways to move forward. I'm going to talk to you about a voice here in just a minute. And but I believe God's calling us to a point. And so you got to check your heart. You got to check your life. You got to make sure that you are ready uh, to begin to move forward the way God wants you to. We we have got some major issues, and you're going to be hearing more from me. And and you may agree with some things and not agree with some things, and that's all right. But I've I've been writing down things as the Lord has begun to put them in my heart. I'm trying to get them organized. I'm trying to get them prepared so I can do everything that is in my power to make a difference in my moment. God's called me to serve my generation, and this is my generation. And in spite of color, in spite of background, in spite of, of gender, in spite of any type of issue, God God has given me and you a voice to speak into our generation. And, and we must step up. This is our go. This is our moment. And we have to be determined that we are not going to miss it. It's no time to be timid. It's time to be bold. That's my series on Sunday mornings. We just called it bold. Okay? And there is no time 
to be timid right now. This is not the time to step back. And we've got major issues and we've got major changes that need to occur. We've got systemic changes in our culture that must must begin to change. We, we've got brotherhood issues that must be addressed. We've got equality issues. We've got racism issues. We, we've got hurt. We've got deep hurt. Hundreds of years of hurt that, that we must begin to address. And we need to to be the voice that steps up and says you will not hear divisiveness here you will hear love we will listen we will hear and we have a truth in the word of God that we are ready to proclaim and so I, I just want us to be ready you're going to be hearing more from me about that but I want to get into this word tonight and and I just I, I want to I want to share what's on my heart with you and, and then we're going to be calling to action as we begin to move forward. It is time for action. We, we are ready to go. Okay, I want to start in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1. And I want to begin at verse number 4. Acts chapter 1, verse number 4. It's not where we're going to stay tonight. But this is where I want to start tonight. It says, and being assembled together. Acts 1, verse 4. With them, he command, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked Jesus, saying, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons, which the Father has put in His own authority. But, here's my answer to you. This is what He's saying. But, you, somebody say me, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me, Jesus said, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Okay? Pentecost pushes progress. Pentecost pushes progress. Notice, he said, you wait there. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will receive power, and then you will see progress. You will be my witnesses in, in, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, unto all the world. There will be progress. I, I got to tell you, it is a shame that there has not been more progress in the culture of our country than what we're seeing right now when it comes to racial lines. It is an outright shame, and I think it's time for the church to raise up a voice and to recognize we have been a part of the problem, but the Spirit of God will lead us to be a part of progress in the answer. And I want us to accept that mantle, and I want us to begin to pray to be a part of the answer as we move forward. And so... Pentecost, the Spirit of God, the power of the Holy Spirit will always lead to progress. I, 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 somehow we've missed that, that part of Pentecost. Somehow we, 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 we want to focus on the excitement and the exuberance and the speaking in other tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But where's the progress? I'm a little worked up tonight, so I may do some 
preaching and teaching tonight. I do that on a lot of Wednesdays, Wednesdays, don't I? But I, where's the progress? Everywhere Pentecost occurs, there's progress. Everywhere the Spirit pours out, there's progress. So it's time for us to progress. This is our moment. Don't step backwards. Don't get drawn into the, to the tricks of the enemy that want to keep dividing you. Don't be drawn into the sensationalism of the media that only wants to point out the negative things because that's what sells. You focus, stay focused on what we need to be doing and that is we need to be a part of the answer. We need to be a part of progressing forward. We need to be a part of those that would say we are human. We are believers. We all have that, that spark of God in our lives. Then we will be one. We must hear that. And we must be a part of, of the progress that is going on. So I am asking God for an outpouring of the Spirit that pushes progress. I hope you'll pray with me on that. James chapter number 1. Now... I, I've debated and I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to do this. I'm just going to follow a little bit of the leading of the Lord. But when I finish my lesson tonight, just before we pray, I may read a lengthy portion in James for you. So just prepare yourself for that. Sometimes when someone's reading the word, it's easy to check out. So get your heart ready because I, I think there's some things here we need to just hear from the word of God. But here's what I want to do to begin with. I want to go to James chapter 1 and verse number 19. James 1 verse 19. Okay. I'll give you just a second to turn over there. James 1 and verse 19. Here's what it says. It says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word. Would someone put that in the, in the chat there? Be a doer of the word. I'm going to be a doer of the word. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Now, please notice, he does not say, do not be hearers of the word. Nowhere in there does he say that. He does not say, just go out and do good works. But, but what the word says is not that important. And he doesn't say, don't be hearers of the word. He says, don't be hearers of the word only. Be doers of the word as well. Say, don't be hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man that observes his natural face in a mirror. For he sees himself, his reflection, okay, he sees himself, then he goes away and he immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious 
and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. To visit orphans and widows in their trouble. To keep oneself unspotted from the world. We're going to stop right there. We're going to pick up more here in just a moment. But I want you to hear one verse that I already read to you. But I believe in this one verse. There is a miracle waiting. And it's a miracle of how to progress. James 1 verse 25. Here you go. Here's how the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Pentecost will push us to progress. Here it is. Verse 25. James 1. But he who looks. Say it with me. Say it out loud where you are. He who looks. Say looks. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer. Somebody say hearer with me. So he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work. Say doer. This one will be blessed in what he does. There is a blessing in doing if you are doing what the Word has told you. There is a blessing in going if you are going as the Word has directed you. We are on a go. There is a blessing as we go. But do you know what doing and going really involve? They involve progress. They involve movement. They involve activity. You can't sit still and receive that kind of blessing. You can't rest on yesterday and receive that kind of blessing. You must progress. And the Spirit of God, the outpouring of the Spirit of Pentecost, will cause us to become doers, will because uh, become cause us to become goers and we will progress in the kingdom and we will see God's blessing upon our progress. Amen. I'm going to give you three things that the Lord has hit me and and I want to tell you this is going to become a theme in River Life Church because this, this, this is too good to mention one time and then not remember it. Three areas that we must keep before us as we go. Three areas that are going to cause us to progress. Three areas that are going to keep us on the cutting edge and on the front lines of the battles of our day. Of of the issues of our day. Three areas. Here they are. I'm going to tell you the three areas first. Heart, heads, and hands. Hearts, heads, and hands. We see these three in James 1 and verse 25. First of all, let me talk to you about your heart. Okay? Let's let's think about this for a moment. Okay. 
James 1.25. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer. Okay? Now, I, I'm, I'm going to do something here. And, and so just bear with me um, as this opens up for me because I'm, I'm going to go to a, a different translation as soon as I can get it to pull up here. Here we go. Um, let me get there. And then we are, we're going to talk about this idea of hearts first. My, my tablet's wanting to be kind of slow on me, so that's okay. I'll get there eventually. Here it comes. Okay. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of technology for me. <laughs> in, in the New Living Translation in James 1.25, But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free... And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Just a very easy way to say that. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is a heart. Your heart. You, you have to have the heart of God. Okay? And in order to have the heart of God, you must be tuned in to God. So, the first step that we are going to, to, to involve ourselves in is we are going to check our hearts. Okay? So, he observes himself. He goes away. But he who looks into the law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer. So, now, this is dealing with our life change. And so, our heart must change. Do you know right now, the Lord wants to capture your heart? Before he can capture your mind, before you can be discipled, before you can begin to go for him, before you can begin to be strengthened for him, you have to allow him to capture your heart. Your heart deals with your compassion. And let me tell you how we know where our heart is. And this is where we're going to pull all this together. I'll tell you how we know where our heart is. Luke 6 and verse 45 tells us how we know where our heart is at. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to examine our heart. In Luke chapter 6 and verse number 45, the word tells us here, Luke 6, 45, the word says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. Now listen, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if God is going to have our heart, if He is going to capture our heart, then we must be saying what God says, because that tells us if He has our heart or not. Wow. Now, back up with me. James 1, 26. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue. Let me know that tongue affects your speech. If he does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, that person's religious religion is useless. So you see, the tongue and the heart are tied together. So the heart... And the voice is tied together. The heart and the words we speak are tied together. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. 
So right now, the first thing we need to do is we need to check our heart. And the first place we check our heart is in our speech. What is it that's coming out of our mouths? What is it that, that, that we are saying? What about in this moment? What are we saying? Are we saying words of peace? Are we saying words of divisiveness? Because that tells us about our heart. Proverbs 10 and verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. But violence covers the mouth of the wicked. And somebody already put it there. Mark did. uh, Where I was going next. Proverbs 4.23. You got to guard your heart above all things. You got to keep it covered. Because let me me share with you. I'm going to have to stand up. Because this this sitting down is going to hold me back a little bit here. You got to guard your heart because out of your heart is going to come your words and your speech. And let me tell you, this moment we're living in, in the United States of America, in Moore, Oklahoma, wherever you are living, in our communities, what we say on Facebook, what we say on Twitter, what we say on Instagram, what we say in public settings is very important because it's telling people where our heart is. So what are we saying? Our heart, because your heart Deals with your compassion. Please make notes of this. Because our compassion for people comes from a right heart with God. And a right heart with God will result in right words from our lips. Amen. Compassion for people comes from having a right heart with God. And a right heart with God, our heart right with Him, will produce the right things to say. If you're looking for the right things to say right now, check your heart. If your heart's full of compassion, the things that's going to be coming out are going to be words of compassion, words of understanding. If you don't know what to say, listen. Listen to those that are speaking around you. Listen to those that are struggling. Listen to those voices. God wants to capture our heart. He's after our heart right now. Let me, let me share with you some things that I said that I wrote down that I've heard the Lord saying to me. We need to all listen right now so that we can hear from the sources where the laws and liberty of God are speaking from. Let me, let me help you out a little bit. These are hard lessons and I understand this. and Oh me more than you maybe. Let me tell you. You need to not only listen to those that are speaking that agree with everything you say. That becomes very dangerous. We need to listen to full voices. Because sometimes people that don't agree with you are still godly and still have much to say. And in fact, you probably can learn as much from those you disagree with as you can from those you agree with if your heart is right. So we got to listen because there are voices in our culture right now between with with the debates that are going on right now and and the black lives matter and black lives matter. Please hear that. This is a struggle. This has been a a decades old struggle from the very beginning even of this country all the way back to those days there. This has been a struggle 
And the lives of my brothers and sisters matter. And I don't need to add anything to that. I don't need to try to say anything else. They matter. Yes, everyone matters. But in this moment, there is a word that is being spoken and we need to hear this. There are voices that are going out that if you'll take a little bit of time and listen, you will hear the decades of hurt and struggle, the decades of battle, and you will begin to have compassion and your heart will begin to open up and words will begin to form and the Spirit will lead you to be an agent of progress. It's going to start in your heart. Let me say this to you. I heard a voice so that I could receive my voice. Do you know that's biblical? Let me me give you a few characters. Abraham heard a voice. And by hearing the voice of God, Abraham was given a voice. Moses heard a voice that spoke to him after seeing a sign. And he heard a voice. And when he heard that voice, he was given his voice. Samuel, as a young boy and a prophet in training in the priest's house, he hears a voice that gave him his voice. My goodness. I feel like I could preach this. I, do you know Paul heard a voice. He didn't just see a bright light. He heard a voice. And that voice of the Lord Jesus gave Paul a voice to our world. Let me tell you, if our hearts will get right and we will focus upon the Lord and and we will hear His voice, we will hear His calling, our compassion will rise up and the voice we hear will give us a voice to progress forward and to reach out to others. Voice. Our heart is our compassion and will result in our voice. We're finding our voice right now. Some are only listening to the sources they agree with. And the only voice they are finding is a parrot voice. They're only saying what they're hearing some favorite commentator or some favorite person saying or something that agrees with their mindset and they're parroting that voice. We need men and women of God who will hear the voice of God, get ourselves in the Word, hide ourselves in the Word, deep dive into the Word so that we could hear the voice of God through the Word and then our compassion will well up and we will speak with the voice now we have been given we we need to find our voice right now the church needs to find a voice a world is hurting and the best way you find your voice is to listen and hear what God's saying to you as I have been heartbroken over the not, not just the 
the issues of the last little bit, as heartbreaking as that was, the murder and, and, and then all that's gone on and, and the protesting and then the, the turns that in some areas that has tried to distract us from what this really is all about anyway. And, and as I've been trying to in just listen, I've been trying to immerse myself in listening to voices from my brothers and sisters that know what it's like to face the things that they're facing on a daily basis. I have heard in them the voice of God and it's helping me find my voice. If you will listen to godly voices, you will hear and find your voice from God. Guard your heart. It's going to start with hearts. And then, and then only, after the heart has been engaged, compassion has come out, we've heard and we've found a voice, then God can begin to deal with our heads. But until our hearts are engaged, our heads can't help us. Amen. Here's what head will do. Let, let, let's go back to James chapter 1. Lord, help me. I'm going I'm to go a little longer tonight. That's all right. You may have to listen to this in chunks or something. I don't know. James 1 verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer. So, so you got to hear something in it. So you got to hear the word. Remember he said don't just be hearers only. You got to hear something in this. You got to hear your heart's got to be engaged. And, and then you're going to know what you're hearing by what you're saying. Because out of the abundance of your heart is going to come your voice and your words. And, and so you've got to engage. And, and as you hear and as your compassion wells up and your heart begins to lean towards the hurting and leans toward the, the, the disenfranchised and leans towards those that are oppressed. When your heart gets engaged and you find your voice from God, then the Lord can begin to deal with your head, your thought process, your thinking, your mindset. But until we properly set our heart in the Lord and guard our heart with the word and what we're hearing and get our compassion right, then our mindsets will never follow. Because look at what he says. But he who looks into perfect law of liberty and continues in it and remembers what is in it, not forgetful. That's dealing with our heads, our thoughts, our minds. And, and listen, your heart gives compassion. Your head gives content to your compassion. Your thoughts gives content. It, it fills out your compassion. See, if all you have is compassion, you may not really uh, accomplish much. But if you have compassion and your heart is engaged, and then with your mind and with your head, you dig into the Word. You let the Lord deal with you. You discipline you. You deep dive into God's Word. You disciple yourself and others. Then content begins to grow. See, well, sometimes we have people that, that are, are compassionate with no content. 
And sometimes, even in our own families, compassion with no content leads to enabling bad behavior. We need to have compassion and content. So that means our heart must be engaged first. God deals with our heart first. Before anything, before we understand, our heart is stricken. Before we understand all the ins and outs of doctrine, our heart gets caught by God. He captures our heart and He says, I love you and I want what's best for you. And we yield to that without full understanding. But then our heads must be engaged. We have to think about the ways of God. Think about the Word of God. Think about the plans of God. Think, don't just go mindlessly through this world. Think about it. Content will come. Because here's what that means. The head and the content to, to look into the perfect law of liberty. And to remember what it says. That's speaking of our minds, our head, the content. And that means now my heart has said I've heard a voice and I'm compassionate. And I, I want to do what's right. But now my head has said I want to learn more about the voice that I've heard. And the voice that I've been given so I can be effective. I need content. How do we get content? Well, first and foremost, we stay in the Word. That's where our content... Let me, let me tell you, you don't get content in your character with Christ. And you don't get the content of life, powerful life with Christ from uncle somebody or somebody on faith. You get content from the Word of God and a relationship with Him. With your brothers and sisters in, in that you're in relationship with. That you are discipling one another and walking. Together. That's where content of life comes from. And I have this feeling that we have, we have missed the idea of content. And because of that, many have no compassion. I don't understand how anybody could live in the day we're living in right now. And argue and try to hold on to some old stupid mindset of divisiveness. Division and anger and hatred makes no sense to me whatsoever. But there are people, no compassion. Because the voices they're hearing are not compassion voices. And they're spewing that same stuff out. So we've got no compassion often. And that's caused the rifts. This should have been dealt with long ago. But when we do have compassion, somehow we gotta do, we gotta put content to it. I know, I know, I gotta gotta move on. Ephesians chapter one and verse seventeen. Says the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. The eyes are the gateway. Your mind now is engaged. That you would have an understanding of, of where you're at. Your head's engaged. So he, heart reveals compassion and comes out through a voice. Head brings content. I've got 
so many scriptures. I, I'll have to pick those up at another time. The third thing is then your hands have to engage. And hands bring context to your content. Hands contextualize. Hands make it real. Hands is where you get dirty. Hands is where you reach in. Hands is where you reach out to the lame man at the gate. And Peter and John. And Peter says, look on us. Silver and gold have I none. But what I have give I to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he reached out his hand and lift him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received their strength. And he jumping up went leaping and dancing and praising the Lord with them. They came in a name they came with a word, on a word, and they came with a hand. And the hand brought context because the hand got life involved. James 1 and 27, if we could go a little farther, says, pure and undefiled religion is this. Visit those that are hurting, the orphans and widows, in the trouble. And keep oneself unspotted from the world. Be doers of the word. Contextualize the word. You got to have it in your heart. You got to get it in your head. And then you got to have it coming out of your hands. You got to have compassion for all people. You got to have content that can make a difference. And you got to have context that makes it work. God, help us. James 2 and 1 says this. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come one into your assembly, a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes. And you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes. And you say to him, you sit here in a good place. And say to the poor man, you stand over there. Or you sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Somebody needs to help me. How can we keep thinking it's okay to dishonor some? Because of their status. Because of their skin. Because of a gender. And claim to be people of God. You've dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? You honor them. But if you show partiality, 
you commit sin. And you are convicted by the law as a transgressor. If you show partiality, you, I, and everyone, if we show partiality, we commit sin. And the wages of sin is death. And the eternal punishment of sin is separation from God in hell for eternity. But the gift of God is eternal life. And life more abundantly. I made a decision in prayer the last couple of days. That I want to spend the rest of my life and the rest of whatever my ministry may look like. Building a kingdom church. And building kingdom people. There are levels in God's kingdom that must be applied. We first must apply kingdom principles in our own lives as individuals. Must teach them in our families. We must apply them in our church body, church family. We must share them with our culture. And that is how we evangelize our world. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of love. Yes, there's judgment. If you reject his love, you reject Jesus, you reject the Father, you reject reconciliation. The punishment is eternal separation in hell. But Jesus loves all. And somehow we got to get that into our heart. And we got to learn about it in our heads. And we got to let it come out our mouths. And we got to use our hands to make it effective. The spirit of Pentecost pushes progress. It was Azusa Street that broke racial barriers down at one point. And then that mindset got right back involved and began to divide again immediately. But at that early outpouring in Azusa Street, you had all. And the power of the Spirit was pushing for progress. But the Spirit of the world won out in hearts, then in heads, and ultimately in hands. So where are we? Well, we start at the beginning. This is a moment to check our hearts. To hear the voices. Hear the cries. See the faces. Let compassion rise. Gauge your heart first. 
and dig into it and let your mind change. Renew your mind. Be, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew your mind in the word and in Christ and then engage your hands. That's the word for River Life Church. I can't speak for everybody else. I'm not the pastor of everybody else. For this church, God's calling us to a heart, hand, heart, head, and hand moment. Compassion, content, and context. And he's packaged all of that into two little letters. And he said... Go. And this is our moment. So if you need to go in your heart first, start there. If you need to go in your head, get into the word and learn, prepare. If you're at the place of going with your hands, then be a doer of what you know. We're going to pray. We got needs I'm going to mention, and I've got.